Hiya and welcome to another episode of The Jewel Case with me, John Darcy. And whether you're listening on FM 105 and Down Patrick, Lisburn's 98 FM or Bangor FM, you're more than welcome. You might be listening on the podcast after the fact in a different time zone. That's absolutely fine. You're welcome too. The podcast is available on Stitcher, iTunes, Google Play, all the places you get your podcasts or the best place is just go to my website, thejewelcase.johndarcy.com. Now I'm joined today, well actually I'm joining them, I'm joining them in their living room. It's Fiona and Constance, the duo behind the new podcast and zine called Intent. Hiya. Hello. Hello. How's it going? Thanks for having me here today. Yeah, no bother. Welcome to our dining room. So tell me about Intent. What's the intent behind Intent? Well, we're getting like meta straight here straight into away. <laughs> do you want to go yeah yeah sure um oh sorry this is fiona talking by the way first for hello. our listeners so um intent was kind of an idea that came from so right fyi me and connie live together so we tend to like come home and like chat about general kind of like creative ideas that we want to do so we sit and we like chat about like oh connie will have like a podcast idea i have like a zine idea i want to do and we were sitting in our front room one night and we were talking about another friend of ours like magazine so it's like a photo book and then we were just got like Connie brought up the fact that like in Belfast, there isn't really a magazine that's focused around the arts in general. Like there's a lot of really good like music publications, um, but there isn't really anything for like photography, art. Yeah, stuff that's not getting covered by yeah. the other things there is. We, we thought that there was actually kind of like a gap. Yeah. Um, and there's a lot of very, very cool stuff happening here that just doesn't seem to be getting that kind of public credit that we think that it deserves, I guess. So with intent, we kind of wanted to forage around um, and find stories and find people and projects that we just really think should be documented and archived mm. so that like years down the line, this is like so full of ourselves as if everyone's <laughs> going to give a crap like years down the line. <laughs> but so that years down the line, there is actually some kind of archive of the work that these people were doing. Yeah. And I think as well, it's very hard for people themselves to kind of big up their own work because then you feel like you're a little bit like, like egotistical or whatever so I think it's good that other people are kind of going sorry in. I just did it very well there right okay. right I just picked us up like amazingly yeah I know years I know. from now yeah. yeah and rightly so like you should feel good about your own work but I think in particular like some of the people that we ended up like speaking to for intent are like massively humble about mm-hmm. the really really cool work that they do and they are like amazing people so I think something like intent was a way to kind of showcase them yeah and hopefully encourage other people to do more things like that yeah, as well because so. we were talking last night about like the cuts to the art funding which is yeah. obviously great so I think stuff like this becomes even more important mm-hmm. to like self-motivated mm-hmm. if you know what I mean because we didn't get any funding for this or anything like that totally yeah. self-funded yeah <laughs> <laughs> please but, um, buy yeah. it well I mean down the line when people are looking at the archive like Connie says the and realizing what a great project this archive. was yeah then the arts council with their £1,000 budget for <laughs> 2025, yeah. will fund you yeah. for episode or issue 42. It's probably the most, quid. Inco- like the most important cultural event of 2017, <laughs> I'm going to say, is the launch of Intent. <laughs> well, we should mention that. So the magazine, Intent magazine and podcast, is getting launched at Framework Gallery on the yeah. Newtonards Road in East Belfast. And that is on February 24th, a Friday yep. evening. Yes, indeed. So give us a little bit of an overview of what that night will entail and what what issue one actually contains? Yeah, so issue one is a 12-page black and white zine. Um, and we have two different interviews in it, two different features. Um, one with, will I just say who's in it? 
yeah, it's fine. Yeah, cool. yeah it's cool. fine. It's fine. Is this breaking news? Um, I'm actually not sure if we put it on social media yet. No, we have. No, yeah, we, we have. have. Sorry, yeah. I was about to give you an exclusive and then I just took it away from you at the oh. end. Yeah. <laughs> um, we have uh, the skate co-op, the Joyalists. Mm-hmm. Um, they are our, like our bigger feature um, in issue one. And then we have a feature on Dawn Richardson, who um, is the, like, the founder um, of Framework, which is where we're launching the zine. And she's just absolutely great. She's been so incredibly helpful and encouraging and stuff. So we're really, really excited to be able to launch the zine mm-hmm. there as well. It seems like such a, a perfect kind of collaboration, yeah. I guess, for the actual event. It totally makes sense. Like she has been like a massive support totally. throughout this whole thing. Also in general, like oh, she's, she's just great. a massively supportive like, Don't person. pep talks. Let me tell you. They change your life. Like, <laughs> they do. A whole new outlook. <laughs> Shout um, out Dawn. Yeah, yeah. she's she's on We love her. <laughs> um and then the the last thing in the zine is um this thing that we're doing called the walk home. And it it came from an idea that I actually had for the podcast initially and then had to think about how are we going to transfer that into like the the written word. Um and it's this notion of like a different way of doing a review because I get quite I'm very interested in radio uh, in general and I get quite annoyed sometimes by this very kind of staunch way that reviews are done on radio whether that's a review of like a film or anything like that or a gig um it's always done like a few days later most likely uh sitting in the studio and it's very edited it's it's, it's very, very like... it's just like they probably have like I I totally understand like that's it it works like that for a reason I guess and um, there's like logistical issues and all that kind of stuff but I don't feel like I'm getting a review at the most like personal level. I think yeah. like, you know, it's really like this is it's not trying to convince a whole wide range of people. Yeah, it's more like this is one person's. Kind yeah, of exactly. Whereas of the it. way that we're going to do the walk home um, is it basically I just take my portable recorder out with us. And, and then we go to a gig. We go to a gig <laughs> or something like that. Um, on our walk home, we always end up discussing what we've just been at. So it's just about like a five minute recording of us walking home, probably bitching about the weather and then <laughs> what whatever like band was wearing. Um, but it's I, I think that in that moment and in that review that everybody does, even if they're aware of it or not, you feel the strongest about the thing that you've just seen that you'll probably ever feel. And that is the feeling that we want to capture with the walk home. I love it. That's, you know, I'm relating this to, do you ever go to the, the Queen's Film Theatre, QFT? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Classic yeah. Uh, movie place for when you come out, everyone has that discussion. And exactly. there's like, in yeah. those hushed tones as well. And I love eavesdropping on everyone Exactly, else. Yes. totally. But that's exactly it. And that's basically what we're trying to capture. It's that thing that everybody does, but yet um, most radio and stuff kind of holds this, this very kind of... Um, formal review in a studio as like more important I guess or a more professional way of doing something whereas just capturing that like there's merits to this I think that's more like an in-depth it's the same way like you know if you're going to like sit down and probably like write Mm -hmm. something academic you do need to spend time like reflecting on it and you'll like discover something more like in-depth in it but that's all it is really Mm -hmm. and like music really review at the minute yeah so I think it was just being more interesting to have like that immediate Mm -hmm. so what will you be reviewing and the walk home review of the first episode can you reveal that or is that a secret yeah we're we're gonna be reviewing output just today Oh so yes, you'd recording. say we're, we're recording in advance of this yeah, going yeah. out. So oh, that'll be lovely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Lots of stuff to unpack there. That's the plan. And we you have... got a half an hour walk home. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we actually we have our, our plan for the walk home is also to have 
a little special guest in Every most time. of them. Yeah. Oh. So, somebody to like walk home with. Yeah. Whoever wants to actually hang out with us that <laughs> evening. Um, but we have somebody who has agreed to do it with us this evening. That's amazing. Mm-hmm. Does that include bed and breakfast at your house, which I believe is called the Women's Empowerment Refuge? Refuge. Yeah. <laughs> we have an updates board. We do. Yeah, there's a, there's a blackboard with lovely chalk annotations <laughs> of what the gang have been up to here. The, the first one being, I got chalk. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> the most important part of the board, really. I think the cake getting toilet roll is the most important part, yeah, actually. Essentials, like, yeah. you know, the refuge can't function without it. So, know? the Women's Empowerment Refuge is home to you, too. Yes. And yeah, you did explain that that was how the podcast and magazine got started those sort of late night conversations about arts and your interests and mm-hmm. coming mm-hmm. from areas like illustration and music and wanting to write about these things and talk about these things so let's sort of break down your you know individual backgrounds because Fiona I believe your backgrounds in illustration and design yeah so I'm a freelance illustrator so I draw things sometimes. now Fiona you're doing the classic thing that uh you, you said people aren't bigging themselves up enough yeah yeah <laughs> you do so much work your your hand has been over like pretty much every design I've seen on Facebook posters and actual printed posters in Belfast for gigs and arts events over the last year yeah I've been really lucky like um I think that comes from just this sense of like you know you spend a lot of time with lots of different creative people and I've been quite lucky in the sense that the people I'm kind of surrounded by are like massively supportive and also quite active themselves, if you know what I mean. So it's really nice to be surrounded by like very proactive people. They're like, yeah, we want to get you involved. Like we want your work to be a part of it. So I found that was like a great motivator to just kind of like push my own work a few years ago. So it was actually, I'm going to do like a little shout out to Nikki McRae, who asked me hey, to Nikki. do. Hi, Nikki. But um, she asked me last year to do the two posters for Women's Work Festival that were going on in the OEA. And I think it was from doing those two posters that just more and more work kind of came for people within like the kind of music scene here. Cause a lot of what I do is like music posters and gig posters, which are actually like, I've discovered really, really fun to do. Mm-hmm. I feel like, I think it suits my style of work. And I find I do like very creative things with that kind of format. So like, there's a little bit of kind of like limitation there of like, you know, this information has to be on it. But more often than not, I'm quite lucky with like people who come to me and be like, we just want your creative interpretation. Like we just want you to do whatever you want to do with this poster. So I think that's why they end up looking like pretty good, I guess. Yeah, there's a freedom in them. Yeah, totally. You kind of touched on that people let you go off on a tangent. This is actually great. This is a great compliment. I can remember tons of these posters. They're all very <laughs> distinct. Uh, the Murmur poster. Yeah. I or the gig at the Mac. One. Murmur, I think it it's probably one of my favorites that I've ever done. So that was actually like a really fun thing to work on with Katie Richardson. And I find... Like some people are totally like, here's the information, like I'll see you in two weeks, just send me whenever it's done, which is great in some aspects. But working with Katie was very nice because she herself was very much into like being a part of like making the poster. So she was very open to like what my ideas for it were. And she had a general idea of what kind of like aesthetic I suppose she wanted for it. But at the same time, she was like, just do your thing. So it was really nice, like working with her on it. So you've only been back in Belfast just recently after moving away to study? About two years. So I did my foundation in University of Ulster, like the art college here, which was really beneficial for me because before then I didn't know what illustration was. I had never like heard of the term. Like I had thought I'd always want to stay in Belfast. Like I absolutely love it here. It's really my city, but... I sort of had like this weird epiphany of like, you know, no, I think I want to go away and like really kind of focus on this thing that I'm still like really interested in, like passionate about. And like have discovered that like, oh, I could actually maybe do this like a career. 
I found a course in Norwich University of the Arts in England, and it's a specialised illustration course. Lived there for three years. It was amazing. Had a really, really nice time in Norwich. Met lots of really amazing people. And what brought you back to Belfast? Well, I see, it's hard to say. Uh, at the end of my three years there, I was kind of convinced I wanted to stay there mm-hmm. because I'd sort of... I don't want to sound like so cheesy, but you know, sort of discovered like punk rock man and like DIY community. <laughs> but um, you, yeah. you got a pair of DMs. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> no. So I discovered a DIY sort of community there that is based around this idea, like the sort of punk ethic of like do it yourself. Class. And that was like a really big deal for me because I think up until then I sort of lacked a lot of confidence to kind of like pursue my own work or like pursue projects and kind of like actively like just do things I guess like there was always that kind of like weird self-conscious wall but then I met a lot of people through my course and through living in Norwich who were very big into this idea of like just do it like you know make this thing like record this song just go do it and just that kind of mindset so I think that like changed my perspective a lot but I think by the end of the three years I was kind of feeling like a little bit homesick a little bit like unsure of like what I wanted to do with my life or whatever. Like there was talk of like moving to London at one point. So I just really had no idea what I wanted to do. I was also pretty broke. So there was that factor. So I decided to move home. My plan was to like work for six months, save up money and then move back to England. But then just ended up staying for a little bit longer. Yeah, I think I just started getting more work here. I think I got like little bits and pieces of like freelance work and I was meeting like lots of new people. And it sort of felt like, like Belfast felt very different before I moved away to uni. Like, it felt like a very different city to me. But then by the time I came back, like, three years later, it felt like there was, like, something had changed, I guess. Maybe mm. I was, like, looking at it from a whole new perspective of, like, the last time I had, like, lived properly in Belfast, I had literally just left secondary school. Like, you know, I was in my first year of uni. I think you're still, like, in that weird mind frame that you have while you're still in school where your world doesn't really expand much beyond, like, your school, your parents' house, and maybe, like, sitting outside City Hall for, like, an hour or two, like, on a Saturday, you know? <laughs> but um, I feel like whenever I move back, because I was having to like force myself to like go out and like meet I think new people and do new things because while I was in Norwich that was like a whole new world opened up of like you know going to like shows and going to gigs and different sort of like again like cultural events or whatever because Norwich has a lot of that going on so I think I moved back and I was really looking for people who were also interested in those sort of things so I had to like force myself to go out by myself a lot more went to a few shows on my own which was pretty nerve-wracking but I think like it was good because it sort of forced me to kind of like go out and see a new perspective of like the city I grew up in which was really cool so Mm. suddenly I was meeting like so there's a bunch of girls who run Go Girl as well so I met like all those lovely ladies yeah you you sort of landed back at that great time when there was a bit of a resurgence in Mm -hmm. DIY um Mm -hmm. people people putting on their own shows again because there was a bit of a lull but that experience you're describing, I think, is a massive shared experience of people coming back to Belfast over the last five years, yeah. really. Um, it's one I've heard again and again of people who've went to England to study and then have arrived back and said Belfast is a different city. Mm-hmm. Probably not just because people stopped hanging outside City Hall on Saturdays. <laughs> yeah. But, <laughs> uh, yeah, people haven't moved to Brighton or Bristol or, you know, really exciting cities, really great cities. And then they come back to Belfast and some reason want to stay. So yeah. I think that's interesting. Um, but you mentioned Go Girl and uh, I've had a couple of Go Girl um advocates mm-hmm. on the podcast uh Shelley Murphy friend of the podcast especially has been on free beauty sleep and a couple of other reasons um so talk a little bit about maybe your involvement with that 
So I got involved quite late on for like since like Go Girls kind of inception, but I ended up like becoming friends with a lot of the people involved sort of like over the last like two years before myself, like I myself got a bit more involved. So yeah, I just kind of like met a lot of them, got invited to go to a couple of meetings. And yeah, I'd done that poster for them for Women's Work for the Go Girl kind of show. So it just seemed like a really nice thing to see because I think like the interesting thing about these sort of groups of like, like these collectives of collectives of women that like come together, I think it kind of shows this need for like support almost. Because I think a lot of it, like there's a lot of obviously talk about like, why aren't there more women in like music and why aren't there more girls in like bands and like, you know, what's the sort of issue there? And I think a lot of it is kind of down to like, we're going to go down like a really long winded route no, here. I love but, that. Um, I love yeah. that. <laughs> Continue. But um, I think there is like a massive issue within like, it's not even that people are like outwardly being like, oh, like girls can't play music or girls are crap. Like people, don't, it's not as blatant as that. It's more like the encouragement isn't there. And like you can give all these opportunities as much as you want. Like, you know, let's like, have these workshops and let's do this. And those are great and they work. But I think the fundamental problem is that young women lack confidence. And I think that's because you're brought up. It's almost like a very subconscious thing and part of like the wider media and the wider culture of like, you know, if you don't look a certain way or if you don't act a certain way, then like you're just not really going to be like you just can't do this. And I think like I mentioned earlier about how like moving away and discovering that kind of DIY community in Norwich was a big thing for me because before then I think my problem was just like massively lacking confidence and just being like, oh, I'm never going to be one of those really cool kind of girls who like do these things. And I think like the only reason I can really think of is like a wider sort of cultural attitude towards creative women and like the opportunity and the encouragement. So back to Go Girl. But I think the cool thing about Go Girl is, is that like, you know, the likes of Shailene and like Katie and Nula, all of them were really passionate about the idea of um, just creating like a really encouraging space for girls, or at least that's what I really felt is the strongest aspect of Go Girl is that it's literally just a group of young women who all want to do something creative, have like this kind of passion and this drive to just like make things who are like turning around to you and being like, you should make things too. Like, you know, it's kind of like feeding off that kind of energy. So I think that's like the really cool thing about Go Girl is that they're totally open. Like they make a massive effort to be like, you know, we don't want this to come across clicky, which I think sometimes maybe unavoidably it can do. But as soon as those like new girls come in, they realize that that's not the case at all. Is that like if you want to get involved, you're like more than welcome to like just come to a meeting or even just like propose an idea, try and get people involved. So it's just a really nice way to make friends as well, which is pretty cool. And good um, role models for, you know, people say like in your position a couple of years ago, those Mm. people who are, you know, doing their GCSEs or their A-levels and seeing these girls in their early to mid twenties, just making work, putting it out there, publishing it and, uh, you know, channeling it through all these, all these media. Yeah. So I think that is the most important thing. I think it's, yeah, like, you know, whenever you're that age where it is like a very vulnerable time and you generally don't feel like great about yourself a lot of the time I think stuff like that and seeing stuff like that is like really really important so Connie what, what was your story of getting here um how did you end up at this dining table very excitingly um I just finished my degree and wanted to move yeah. <laughs> um yeah I studied journalism and Irish in Dublin in a DIT 
And my sister, Kate, who we live with here, she moved to Belfast four years ago, maybe to do a master's in a university of Ulster. So I used to like, would be really, really close. So I used to come up and visit her once a month, maybe once every six weeks. And I just really liked it. I just really like it as a city. Um, I find how underpopulated it is to be very calming. Like I really like walking around the city center. Um, you don't have to fight for footpath space, which probably sounds kind of boring and lame, but it actually really makes a difference to me. Um, I think that even just how affordable it is to live here makes it a really interesting city in comparison with Dublin for anybody who's interested in creative industries because you get to try out stuff that you just would never get to try out if you were under the financial pressure that pretty much everybody is in Dublin. So like if I was in Dublin, I don't know if I was living at home, I'd probably be able to afford to try out intent, but not where's home. Home is uh, a place called Shankill, but not the Shankill. <laughs> Which, whenever I say that, you know, Shankill, uh, it's it's so it's basically the furthest south point of County Dublin. So it's like on the border with Wicklow. Is that Shankill as in Shank Hill? Hill, yes. Is that not mean getting stabbed? Actually, on a hill. It means Shan Hill, which means old church Oskelga. So there you go. Oh, very good. Um, yeah, it's it's a it's a nice place. It's a mixed area, but it's it's absolutely lovely. Um, so I grew up there, and I lived at home while I went to uni, and then decided to move up here last May. I kind of just wanted a bit of a change, I guess. Um, and Belfast seemed like a perfect kind of compromise between getting a change, but it's also a place that I had been so many times before. And also it's, it's only a bus journey home. Like it's not exactly like I'm moving across the world. You're making music. Yes. And you're also, you know, interested in radio, like you said yeah. earlier. So is the podcast part of intent sort of your. Yeah. Um, I really, really like audio in general. I just absolutely love it. I think it's a really interesting way to convey like a whole spectrum of things, whether that is through music or through just even speaking like we're doing now. Um, I think it's a really interesting way to tell stories and I just love hearing like the inflections in people's voice and that kind of stuff and how you end up identifying with people an awful lot more than you would with the written word and like I love writing I study journalism it's it's you know a, a huge interest of mine but having said that I just think that there's something really really special about listening to somebody speak to you I think it's a lot more personal um, a lot more intimate maybe <laughs> um, yeah the podcast thing uh, was kind of born out of I just kept recording podcasts that like I would just listen to <laughs> and, I just, and I got really annoyed. <laughs> yeah there's just there's just podcasts on my laptop that's just me and like I documented my move to Belfast for a few weeks um so there's like me with my zoom h4n next to me in the car on the drive up and I've got like chairs everywhere in the car with me and stuff and I it's I, I just kind of wanted to document that whole thing for for me to be able to listen back on um there's like one that involves me like having a panic attack after finding the perfect desk that I wanted to buy on the Ikea website. <laughs> I just, I really, I wanted to, um, to have like a little archive for myself, I guess. And then I was enjoying making those so much that I was kind of thinking, right, what can I do that I actually do want to release to the world? Something that's not only just for me. Um, and I guess intent is, is pretty much the answer to that. Um, Fiona was actually the one that, that, probably suggested it more than me actually for intent because 
maybe it's because you didn't have experience in podcasting or what, but you were so like intrigued by this whole idea and, and definitely wanted to try it out and stuff. So that kind of spurred me on to being like, okay, yes, this, this is the idea that I will settle with definitely going with, um, with regards to like an audio project. Um, yes, that's how we got here. <laughs> have you got podcast influences? Are there podcasts that you both listen to or listen to individually? I finally got Fiona to listen to Serial the first season. <laughs> Three days of my yeah. life were lost to that. Life. I was like, do not listen to this if you are on your own in the house. Um, because And just, I know that it's so cliche to say that I like that one, but honestly, I, what I love about it is the fact that um, Sarah, who presents it, puts herself in the story so much. Um, I actually really like journalism that it's not really objective is it and I know that as a journalist you're meant to be as objective as possible but with her I'm totally fine with the fact that it's not objective I love hearing her wrestle with um trying to decide if Adnan is is innocent or guilty I love hearing her being confused by different interactions she has with people um yeah, I, I just, I really, really like that. Well, the first season, second season, let down. But first season, <laughs> so into it. No, just go back to the first season, please. I see, I'm just mad for a murder mystery. You see, that's honestly it. Like if I was really into the army, I think the second season yeah. is really, really well produced. Um, just as well produced as the first one, but just I am a lot more interested in like a murder mystery type story. Do you not think that that is like a, a turn now, like an aesthetic turn in documentary and journalism that brings the voice of the um director or writer totally. or ethnographer yeah. and like, into the work because yeah. it's it's unavoidable anyway there's yeah. always a lens through which yeah. the documentary shown exactly. it's just exposing that exactly and i think that it's probably a bit more honest because as journalists we often do this thing where we're like oh yes everything's objective i swear but you can't actually really be objective everybody has their biases and you have it naturally like it's ingrained in you and i don't think that there's anything wrong with being open about that I guess and I think that it makes it a lot easier for people to maybe um properly tune into the stories and stuff as well when they hear you kind of trying to wrestle with it and that kind of stuff I respond to like people being honest totally more same. than anything else you know what I mean yeah so yeah I think that's probably a good direction for like journalism yeah. to go in at the minute because I think there is a lot of kind of like skepticism around like media now yeah. and like yeah particularly like news outlet like tv media like mm -hmm. news like you forever see people going on about like you know in america in particular like fox news like mm -hmm. da -da -da, like this kind of over dramatizing of everything and it's all through like a very skewed lens yeah totally whereas if it's and just you talking a lot of know. people do kind of say that that whole bringing yourself into the story thing is you know narcissistic or whatever but i think journalism in general is narcissistic <laughs> because to be honest like why should i care about your opinion on something like if you're already putting yourself on that pedestal um to be writing a review or or, or really any story um especially some kind of like color piece or whatever you're already saying that your interpretation of events is the interpretation of events so like why not just be honest about your narcissism I guess and put yourself in the story I think it's totally fine you know what you'd love what here's here's my uh recommendation for you there's a project called thoughts in the field okay and it's a collaboration between two sound artists um, Isabel Anderson, who you mm -hmm. may know from her music yeah. work. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. She's a songwriter as well, um, but she's also really interested in field recording and makes these really beautiful sound art pieces. So it's a collaboration between her and another sound artist who used to be based in Belfast, now at City University, I believe, in London, Tullus Rennie. Mm -hmm. And their whole approach, uh, they're really interested in field recording and the art of listening and yeah. critical listening. Um, so they make these sound diaries and it kind of sounds like the sort of thing you're doing sort of to yeah. document, but they're actively putting their voice 
and perspective into the field recording as well. So I'm definitely going to check that out. Thoughts in the field, top tip for Constance today. Yes, please. There you go. <laughs> I'm going to write that down on my phone, which is really professional. Um, I have like a few podcasts that I'm kind of listening to at the minute because obviously my like kind of like interest in it is like fairly recent. Like um, I'm binge listening to 99% Invisible at the minute. Great. Which is unreal. Roman Mars, isn't it? I don't actually listen to that one, but I have subscribed to it and I'm ready to you listen should. to it. I think I listened to one about basketball. That's my See, um, it's totally my thing. thing. It's totally my thing. Like just random little like bits of information about like why is this thing designed like this? Like, you know, why do these car stickers have this particular curve on them? I'm like, this is information I need <laughs> to know about. Like, I absolutely love it. Well, you would love Malcolm Gladwell's Revisionist History podcast. Okay. That's my top Check tip for out. Fiona today. There we go. There yeah. we go. Because I like to give back in these interviews. It's not all about drawing information from you. We gave you green tea. You give yeah. us podcast <laughs> recommendations. I should say um, the gang here have given me some lovely green tea um, and left the bag in. My favorite. It's better than my microwave uh, coffee. So. <laughs> well, my coffee's instant, so you know, guys. Yeah. Everyone has their preferences. So Constance, you neglected to mention Sorry, your um, my promo promo stuff about myself here. Yeah, like let's 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 plug some of your other things. Okay. You, don't, you don't just do radio, you also do music. Like yeah, Isabel, I uh, do. someone of, of many interests. Yeah, I, I I also make music. Yeah, I have two music projects. Um one is called Male, um, and it is a feminist animal welfare post-punk band. And uh we're actually based in Dublin, so I go home every two weeks or so to to do practice with them. And yeah, it's actually a really, really fun project. Um, I started it two years ago now, maybe. Um, I shaved my friend's head and she was, sh- sh- she was shaving her head for charity. And I shaved her head and I was like, now you have to be in my punk band. <laughs> and then she did it, which was very, very handy for me. Um, so we played our first headline show. It was actually in Belfast. It was in Framework a few months ago for their second birthday um, yeah, it's a project that I am really, really passionate about. Uh, we sing about feminist issues and dogs. So we have songs about my dogs that I think are very important personally. <laughs> um, one about my dog, Kim, who is almost 17 and it's called Kim is a punk type dog. It's a about. punk type dog. Kim yeah, is she's, the she's most pretty punk, punk dog like. I've ever met. She's pretty punk. She's got a really, really good attitude. Can um, you get dog DMs? <laughs> I really Doggy hope so. DMs. <laughs> vegan DMs. Dog vegan DMs. <laughs> Her legs aren't great though anymore, so she'd probably trip uh, that's over true. a lot. That's true. But yeah, she she would probably be down for that punk aesthetic. Um, so yeah, that's that's my project mail that I play the drums in and then also write some of the lyrics. Um, and then I have a project called Fears. That is my solo project. And I just do fears in my room. And it's something that I think is quite self-involved and I'm totally okay with it um (laughs) it's just me writing songs about me it's pretty much the polar opposite to to what I kind of try to focus on with male um I write a lot of songs about obsessive intrusive thoughts which I get which are loads of fun by the way what are obsessive intrusive thoughts so I have anxiety and I've had anxiety for years like since I was 16 and uh I laugh now, uh, but it basically obsessive intrusive thoughts is it's actually like an OCD tendency of mine um, where you ruminate on things. So you get a thought into your head that doesn't necessarily have to be based in logic like at all. Um, 
but you obsess over it and obsess over it and obsess over it and it becomes quite warped um, and quite different to the reality a lot of the time. Um, sometimes it is based in reality and sometimes I am right, but but I'm going to say like seven out of ten times it's probably not real. Uh, and my way of dealing with that would be writing songs about it. So yeah, I, I just, I get very, I get a lot of kind of relief, I guess, from weird thoughts that I have through writing songs. But it's all written in my room. Um, poor Fiona probably has to hear a lot of like no, it's muffled, great. like sad recordings no, it's of also great sad Connie, guitar and sad singing. Connie will practice in this very dining room that we're sitting in and yeah. the projector comes out and everything. Yeah, so it's like yeah. a gig. So when it's I great. perform, when I perform live, I've done two shows so far. And when I perform live, I have like visuals that go along with it and stuff. Um, and it's just me and my laptop. I just use Ableton uh, Live to trigger all the different samples and stuff because I recorded all myself um, upstairs just on like a Shure SM58 or whatever because I'm super professional. <laughs> I'm uh, just pointing to the Shure SM58 58, in my hand. I'm not sponsored by Shure, so please don't well, say Shure anymore. Yours at least has a name tag. Mine all, doesn't. No, we, it is so We can't cute. get behind the dual case curtain here. <laughs> Sorry, John. <laughs> I'm ruining it. My microphone has a John Darcy sticker that my mom made when I was 15. My mom didn't make me a sticker. I think that's the cutest thing. I think it's <laughs> great. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, so fears is is I guess um, yeah. It's it's very much just about me and things that go on in my head and that kind of stuff. But I don't know. I think that it's something that it's kind of nice to write songs about because I think more people do have anxiety and like obsessive intrusive thoughts than even talk about it. I guess and because it's something that I've had going on for how many years now? How old am I? I'm 23. <laughs> 17, 18, so 19, young. 20, 21, 22, 23. Uh, seven years. Yeah. So I, I'm kind of okay with it now. Like I'm fine to like talk about it and stuff. And I think that it's very important to talk about it because I think that if I was 16 and if I like heard songs about obsessive intrusive thoughts, I'd be like, yes. <laughs> not just me in a bathroom with my feet up so that nobody can see that I'm in this cubicle but that is how it feels whenever you're a teenager you literally feel like it's just you exactly and it's I I, that's also once again highly self-evolved but it's also just real and I think that it's it's very good to try and and write songs about those things that happen to you so I mean I have nothing against like love songs or whatever and if you want to write those songs that's totally fine but I guess it's just not really what I would focus most of my songwriting on so you didn't listen to the valentine's day special the jewel kiss <laughs> with Susie mccracken and me sharing our favorite love songs of all time Listen, no? there is nothing wrong with a love song absolutely nothing no, not wrong at all well i mean a lot of love songs are built on you know just the individual's rumination exactly. on love yeah. or projecting the idea of totally, love onto totally. someone else yeah well they're both about like processing an emotion mm-hmm. so you know completely completely um yeah, it's 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 pretty interesting actually when you think about like all the different things that people kind of obsess over um and how some things are considered okay by society and some aren't. So like it's fine to ruminate about a relationship. That's like considered okay because we listen to Adele doing it and we all buy her album and listen those are some banging tunes. I love I, Adele. Sorry, I didn't buy the album. You did. <laughs> Just to <laughs> clarify that, I did not. Don't include me in supporting Sorry, Adele. sorry, John. Darcy. Whoa. Whoa. What is your beef with Adele? <laughs> It's all coming out now, Fiona. <laughs> I think she's cool, but I yeah, I, I also did look. not buy the album. But no, it's it's listen, she writes very I, I would actually see them as quite obsessive songs, I guess, about different relationships. Um 
but that's considered okay. Whereas if you write obsessive songs about other stuff, maybe it's it's not as considered okay. Well, so. actually, you could probably trace it back to what we are fed by um, television and oh, um, totally. movies because it's okay for, well, no, it's socially okay for a man to obsess over a woman and at some stage then win over that woman with persistence and oh, persuasion yeah. problematic about that. because uh because tv tells us that that is how it works yeah but exactly. then we forget that the, in the, reality, the, the fictional story stalking. was written by a man yeah, yeah. <laughs> who was in that situation and yeah. wants to like i guess valorize or totally. you know, uh, totally, make totally. okay his behavior and i think that whole that whole thing um well i think that our view of romance Oh, I sound like such an asshole. I do actually think that our view of romance is essentially just based on propaganda, to be perfectly honest. Um, and a lot of that's it not necessarily is. like, I'm not trying to like discredit it or say that that's then awful. But I do think that we are like, there is a certain amount of it that probably is like human nature. Um, and if we were all born in the wild, yes, we would probably still want companionship and stuff. But I do think that our view of romance is just, it, it, it is propaganda. Like we've been taught how to show our love and affection and stuff. And Are you saying that Shakespeare wrote Romeo and Juliet because the Illuminati told him to? Yes, that is exactly what <laughs> I am saying. He also bought Adele's album. <laughs> oh, I don't really know where to take it from here. Yeah, uh, maybe, should, maybe bring it back to intent. Yes, <laughs> yes, yes, yes. yes. All the way so uh, if you've just tuned in, if you've just tuned in and are wondering who is here and what we're doing, this is The Jewel Case. Um, a weekly show about arts and culture in Northern Ireland and I have two proponents of arts and culture in Northern Ireland right here with me. I'm sitting in their living room or their, their dining room actually. It's Fiona and Constance, the makers, producers of Intent magazine that is getting launched on Friday the 24th of February at Framework Gallery in Belfast. So Fiona and Constance, you'll be launching the magazine and podcast. How often will we, will we be getting this um, lovely curation of local arts Every few months. Yeah. I think ideally like every three months yeah. we had said before. That's so, the plan. Because it is just two of us and it actually is surprisingly hard to get people, you probably know yourself, like to get people like in one space at one time mm -hmm. and to organize that and to actually like interview them. Yeah. And then we also do all the photography ourselves for the magazine. Yeah. And so like we, on film cameras as well. Yeah. So like it takes time. Um, and also like what everything that we're including in the magazine is not actually like time specific. Um, the only thing that we have that is tied into a time is our walk home, but we're going to kind of try and be focusing that on something that it's actually okay if you hear it like a few weeks later, it's okay if you read it a few weeks later. And the projects that we're focusing on, you see, I think that a lot of the time journalism ends up covering stuff just purely because you have a 24 hour news cycle and you have to, and cover, something. You have to cover stuff because, oh, look, that's launching next week. So that'll do. Um, and I Are you saying I that? got you guys yes. on the jewel case just because... 24-hour news cycle job. <laughs> yeah. God damn it. it. <laughs> uh, no, but but with intent, it's, 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 I'm trying to like step away from that anyway in, in my own head because I have been trained to kind of think, like through studying journalism, I've been trained to think about like, oh, well, news is things that are happening and that kind of stuff. And it's generally news that's in things like magazines. Whereas with intent, it's, it is more of like an archive... Um, or like it's it's documenting something. So it, it's not just based on, oh, well, this exhibition is launching, so we'll talk to that artist. It's based on, no, this artist is actually doing something very interesting and I want to know why they're doing this thing that they're yeah, doing. it's about the intent rather than the actual event itself. Yeah. Like it doesn't matter if you're like making like paper hats. If there's like a really interesting intent behind it, like, you know, 
Exactly. That's what you'd rather know about rather than, like the work itself is obviously interesting mm-hmm. and gives context. But like, I think the main focus is like, what is your intent with this work? Yeah, you exactly. Know? So the first episode slash scene uh, has an interview with the Joyalists, mm-hmm. uh, friends of the podcast. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Tony and Bennon from the gang uh, were on a quite an early episode of the Jail Case. And we recorded it in Bangor Tech where there was a brilliant sign of skateboarding prohibited or no skateboards allowed. Nice. Which the guys loved getting a wee selfie uh, <laughs> with. Um, so why did you choose to talk to the Joyalists? I feel that the Joyalists are doing something really, really cool and actually quite progressive. Um, and I'm not really sure who else is kind of in place to 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 like maybe praise what they're doing it's what we were mm-hmm. talking about earlier yeah. with like we think that there's great publications to do with stuff like music and everything up here but for something like the joyalist because they kind of f- kind of go over a number of, of boundaries they are both skateboarders but also like do visual art um but they don't fully sit in either camp and to us it just seemed like the perfect like uh, project to like visually cover yeah because exactly. obviously like yourself like you know interview on podcasts like that's very accessible to them like you can have that kind of chat but I think for the magazine it was great to go out and actually just like have the photographs and like our written kind of interview and something like visual to hold in your hand as well yeah it was really great to cover for them yeah which I guess is like another thing that we're kind of like into if no, you're oh, you've actually proofs. just you've you've just signaled <laughs> towards another end of the dining table that I had completely not seen before. Observant, yeah. It's, it's yeah. been hidden by the screen of my laptop. So have I? Have we actually got the proof of the magazine yeah. here? Yes. Yeah, so so we, there have been a few changes made since, but you can have a look oh, if you want. Am, am this I, is an exclusive. Am I yeah. the first? Uh, you are the first to see first it. person to see this. Yeah. This is oh, actually, amazing. second. Kate's already seen it. Yeah. Don't mention Kate. So <laughs> sorry, Kate. <laughs> uh, shout out to Kate for living. Along with you guys in I the know. women's empowerment refuge, she puts up with a lot. Ah, she's great. <laughs> so, Fiona, you pulled this all together in terms of the design, or no? It was both of us. It was okay. very much like a joint collaboration. And Connie actually does have experience in like magazine layout as well. Yeah, so it's for uni. That was really great because I think we were on. We were pretty much on the same page with pretty much all of it. Like, I think there was we had no basically kind... decided before we even yeah. opened InDesign the first time we were like, right, everything black and white, right, loads yeah. of space, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> really simple font. Solid text, big pictures, like. Oh, what's great about this is as well, on the last page, there's space for the walk home review. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's your own version of Laura Mipsum is pasted in here. Because you haven't Yeah, you you haven't recorded it. So it's just in, in block capitals, stop leaving tea bags in the sink on the whole page. <laughs> Can you not just print that? That'd be great. I know, perfect. Uh, Who needs output when you just have that one sign on the wall? It looks so lovely. And I encourage everyone listening to go to the launch on the 24th. So they'll be able to pick up a copy, a physical copy. So we're selling the physical copies for £4. And then the podcast is going to be free for anybody to listen to because... We just think it's really important for this kind of stuff to be accessible. Um, I think that if you're if you're doing something with the notion of like documenting and archiving stuff, having that stuff as accessible as possible uh, for people is pretty vital. Um, it's also hard to stick on the audio recording to the magazine <laughs> yeah. because no one has a CD player on their laptop exactly, anymore. Exactly, I do. Well, I I mean I do too, but I'm I, I feel like for I'm all your Adele CDs, now. yeah. <laughs> But yeah, so there'll be copies to buy, but we're also going to have like little listening stations in Framework so you can oh, listen lovely. to the podcast as well. Yep. That's and just some good. visuals on the wall and we're going to have some free wine. And some so, music. And some music from Marion Hawks. 
of Ponyhawk and Girl fame. Oh, Mario's going to be playing. Yeah, so she's going to DJ Mm -hmm. for us very kindly. So it's going to be fun. She's great. You know, they call her the selector. Really? Because she picks such good tunes. She does pick some bagging tunes. She asked Fiona if there's anything in particular we want. (laughs) And I was just like, grime. (laughs) Nonstop. (laughs) Let's get some grime going in East Belfast. You didn't want Chasing Pavements or... (laughs) No Adele for the evening. I feel like we'd all get quite somber. (laughs) Everyone would be standing there just drinking wine. (laughs) Really somberly. That'll be great, actually, because the last time I was in framework was for the joyless exhibition mm-hmm. actually so good to sort of see that continuation yeah. of their work and yeah totally hashtag belfast it just, hashtag it's all belfast. connected <laughs> speaking of hashtags is there any social media platforms you just want to promote um yep. at, give me your handles fire them out there at intent zine yeah for instagram and twitter yeah and then on facebook it's intent magazine exactly so there you go. Please and, follow us. And personal ones, Funi, your illustration work, if anyone wants to look up. Yes, or... so I have my website, which is www.fionamcdonald.co.uk. And then I also have my Facebook page, which is Fiona McDonald Illustration. And I have an Instagram that has a mixture of just like my life and some work I do. So, you know, if you're nosy about my life, there's that. Um, and you yeah. have to share your life now. That's the whole point, really, no, with social media. You've got no, to like. I'm like, I, I'm okay with that because I can curate it. But Connie over here, is no. Not when you followed me on Instagram, I was like, Fiona, is he okay? <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, no. This is this is my use to Connie. <laughs> like, I she like screens legit. people with me. I I'm weird about my social media. Is I don't have private, Facebook or anything. Yeah, yeah, it is private. Yeah. So when I found out we we were going to do this chat, I followed you on Instagram, and you actually had to weigh it up whether it was worth. <laughs> yeah. Allowing me yeah. to follow. Honestly, yeah. I'm now, just, I'm weird about social media. I'm, so I'm tell me if privacy. you have your profile like hidden or private, because mm-hmm. I don't, mine's public because, uh, you know, Man it, promotes, about the, town. it yeah. promotes the podcast and all that. So how do you, do you have to like accept me? And as part of that, do you have to follow me back? No, I chose to follow you back. You made the oh, cut. Oh, wow. Yeah. So yeah. there's a two stages to that. Yeah, there is. Yeah, yeah. There's Tommy and then there's me. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, yeah, you're good. <laughs> I just, I just have to check. I don't know. I, I guess with social media stuff, um, yeah, I'm just quite a private person, and um, I, I would kind of be a bit cautious about who I have seeing my stuff. But having said that, like, I have, I have like pages for my music and stuff. Like, um, we have like a an Instagram page for mail and like fears is like a Twitter page and all that kind of stuff. And I would definitely have my personality on those pages as well. Um, definitely on the fears stuff, but <laughs> the Twitter's great. This <laughs> is a lot of retweets of like, I don't know, various things to do with gender and equality in music, to be honest. Yeah. But, um, and how do people follow fears on Twitter? Um, it's at fears official. Uh, if you want to follow it there. I love this. Um, not to not to like joke about the official title, yeah. but um, no, but it's a real thing because we started. I there used to be another girl in the band with me. Um, years ago, started about like 2012, I think, and we started the band, and um, then another band started with the same name as us. Maybe six months later. And they were like, I okay, this is definitely me speculating. So this is bad in terms of journalism. <laughs> but it it they were like claiming every username like under the sun. Oh, so I get that. yeah, so that's how we ended up having to have um, fears official because like fears music, fears band, all taken, all taken. I just love there's now like twelve year old bands starting up their bands and it's like my band name official. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. And they have like two fans, and I'm like, yes, I'm with you. Oh, no, that's great though. Like taking it seriously, you know. I think so. Just let them do their thing. Well, that's the thing of um, 
that's the turn now as well that young people uh over the age of five and younger than the age of i think younger than 16 now they aspire to not necessarily be a musician or a writer or an artist but to be a youtuber oh yeah, yeah. That, oh, as yeah. Like yeah. A, that is a profession yeah see that wouldn't be for me that's people knowing too much about my life yeah <laughs> but, you know, but, but they but they like so i have a young well, she's not like really young. She's about, she's nearly 17, but she's the youngest out of like me and my siblings. So there's about eight years between us. And I can see like such a difference in like what I was doing as like a 16, 17 year old yeah. to like what she's doing. But I think it's great because I think, you know, she's been exposed to so much more about like the world and like things you can do and like, you know, just in general than I ever was exposed to at that age, I think. You do have so to be real careful with the social cons, media stuff though for, you for know. young women because um, the National Women's Council, I did some work with them before um, and they carried out like the first proper survey on body image issues with young women in Ireland. So it was between the ages of 16 and 24 and social media is like by a fair bit the biggest negative um, influencer on the like body image insecurities or whatever of, of a young woman um so I do think that the social media thing you just have to be really really careful with and that whole like aspiration of being a YouTuber I think is a really interesting one because also like if you look at the ones that succeed it's such a small section of society exactly. yeah. and like how much diversity is actually going on there not very much and I think that it's really interesting to see that because these are people that are being like they're becoming successful based on society choosing to watch them. So actually, when you see how narrow the like scope of what mm. a successful YouTuber is, like obviously white, generally like cute boy or else cute girl, um, it's it's so, so narrow, but that that's being chosen by the general public. That's actually not like these middlemen choosing that these are the people that we should pay attention to like it would be before. Um, like whoever decides who you know who to put in a magazine or whatever who to put on a front cover that's somebody actually choosing to to put that person there it's somebody in a position of power choosing to put the person on a front cover whereas now you have 14 year old girls giving us a very very clear example of what you're They're allowed to be in society which is white and probably quite well off it's probably harder to actually make it on social media than uh, it is to make it as a musician now. oh yeah <laughs> like, the, know, competition the, the percentiles like, yeah of, of no no success. totally and then the sort of the skill thing of like I'm watching like young people attempt to be YouTubers and it's like they've just learned the things that YouTubers say and think that that's hey how you guys. do it yeah. it's hey yeah. guys comment like and subscribe yes yeah. that's it yeah. <laughs> all my info is in the box below but there's yeah. no content it's no. learning those those start and end and sort totally. of the bookmarks but there's no they don't actually know the content and then maybe, maybe that's what's getting lost in translation of yeah. how they're they're aping or learning what the process mm -hmm. is they're yeah. actually not learning what content it's yeah. that content is king and I think it's a real yeah, shame because there's some like I love YouTube I absolutely love some YouTubers I am definitely partial to sitting for a few hours and just like going through my oh, subscription box anything. or whatever you can literally find any yeah but also like, I totally blogger. get the idea of becoming like quite invested in these people and their mm. lives and you, you end up attached to these people and you're like oh, I wonder what they're doing today and you're mm. like why do I care what they're <laughs> doing today hang yeah. on like this person is this yeah. who are they to me but there are, are some really really good um creators that are making incredible content and kind of calling out the on YouTube as well and I just wish that they were bigger than they are like there's a guy called Nathan Zed who um talks loads about like the impact that race has 
on how successful you are as a YouTuber. And he, yeah, he he's he's really, really interesting. I yeah, I would definitely recommend him. His YouTube channel is called The Third Pew, and he's absolutely fantastic. He just totally calls out all the from like the top down with YouTube, and it's great. I think though a lot of it, like you were talking about how like this is like the most popular like YouTubers are obviously like almost like chosen by by like young people now. But I think like that is there's a lot of factors to that with like, you know, again, these young people are aren't just being exposed to YouTube. They're being exposed to like hundreds of other things like music, yeah. like film, TV. I just think it shows the of success it. of yeah. like how brainwashed yeah. we actually are into what you're allowed to be and what you're not allowed to be in society. I think it's a really good example of like, wow, yes, propaganda, you were successful here. But that's what I was about to say is that like, I think it kind of shows a need for like almost now because there's so much content and so much exposure like around you all the time. I think people now need to take a certain amount of like responsibility yeah. to what they watch and what they listen to and make themselves aware of like, you know, I only have so many hours in my day. What am I going to give my attention to? You know what I mean? So like like you say, like the YouTubers that you like to watch, you're obviously talking about like certain issues or whatever. Like that's like you need to make that choice yourself to put the effort in to give them attention and to try and like spread that, I think. And your you know? click is so important. It's like voting with your click. Yeah. Because yeah. what becomes more popular gets fed into more people's feeds because of all the algorithms. So totally. you're actually um, buying and paying these people in terms of advertising oh, totally. revenue yeah. by every click. Yeah. You mentioned earlier, Constance, that you were interested in uh, talking about um, women in music and the music industry on your Twitter and actually just before we go I thought I'd give a mention to another upcoming event and the launch of another podcast since we're oh, podcasting within a podcast here yes there's a new podcast called The Missing Voice that Isabel Anderson who I mentioned earlier yeah, heard about this. she is going to be launching and it is all about discussing issues uh, around women and their work in within the music industry so it's being launched on the 8th of March at the Mac in Belfast and it's getting launched with a live podcast recording Recording, followed by a gig including Isabel Anderson, Di Hexen and Faye O'Rourke from the band Little Green Cars. So there's a wee one to put in your diary. Mm-hmm. There you go. So Fiona and Constance from the Women's Empowerment <laughs> Refuge, makers of Intent magazine. I look forward to the launch at Framework Gallery in Belfast on 24th of February and picking up a physical copy and getting the podcast. Actually, where are you hosting the podcast online? It'll be on SoundCloud. SoundCloud. So from the 24th of February onward, yeah. search for Intent. Intent on, Zine intent on zine. SoundCloud. Yes. Awesome. Thanks for having me. Thank you oh, very much. Yeah, for thanks coming for coming. Over. Thanks for you. listening to us, like, <laughs> you rant about lots you of things. Adele, <laughs> Shakespeare. <laughs> so is this what people can expect from Intent? Yes. Yeah. This is, this <laughs> yes. is what a normal day with us is like. Our <laughs> intro was literally me and you in my bed with the electric blanket, blanket on yeah. full. Yeah. And I think we had just watched too many episodes of Catfish. <laughs> so it was all a bit weird. Oh no. So and yeah. we could have talked about Catfish today as well. Oh, we'll have to do a second parter, yeah. Fiona yeah. and Constance. Yeah. Good night. Good. <laughs> Thank Bye. you. Thank you. Announcing your intentions easier set and done announcing your intentions. 
Intentions 